If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here's your host, Brian Reinbold. Welcome, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. Uh, mission specialist because, you know, I don't fly the rockets. I just help make sure the trip gets accomplished. Uh, today, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to, um, to have as my guests uh, uh, Dr. Shez Libby and uh, Amy Mon. Uh, they are they are uh, new friends from the the goodness tour. We um, we we uh, did some work together. Uh, well, I was able to participate for a while uh, with some work they were doing at uh, the uh, base camp recovery center in Columbus, Ohio, in November. And um, I'm just I'm excited to talk about. Uh, uh, the work that they're doing with the Goodness Tour and with art and art therapy and the science behind the art, because that's a really important part of all of this, too. So, uh, Shez, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Amy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. it's um, And so, um, you know, the first thing I, I, I always get to is, is how did you become who you are? And um, uh, that's, uh, uh, Shez, maybe I'll start with you. Is that all right? Absolutely. Sure. So um, what a great question. Thank you for asking and taking the space to ask people this because I think it's so valuable. It's part of what um, I find my purpose doing as well, you know, kind of understanding who people are. So I started, um, I think, my my path when I was nine years old and my family, I have an older sister, older brother, me, and my family decided to adopt two boys from Bogota, Colombia when I was nine and they were four and five. And they were from an orphanage in Colombia that my dad knew of. He was working with Texas Instruments at the time. And he used to, when he went on business calls, would bring them, you know, candy, clothes, whatever we could gather. Anyway, um, long story short is we ended up adopting these two boys that were not brothers, but they were very bonded. They lived on the streets together and kind of survived severe abuse and you know, neglect and abandonment and everything. So, and it's still emotional for me because that moment was so powerful in my life. It completely changed everything. So I went from being the youngest child, kind of, you know, Cindy Brady with pigtails to having brothers that did not speak my language. I had to learn sign language and, you know, Spanish. Um, and I became an older sister, and I think that's who I am at my core, is a counselor, a teacher, an older sister, um, a lover of humanity, and a guide, um, a teacher, all those things. So that started at a really young age for me, and then that made me want to understand abuse and understand neglect and understand all these things that my nine-year-old mind did not understand. So I just kept going to school to try to learn about it. So you kept going, kept kept learning from from nine on. You had uh, you had some idea of your purpose. I knew I wanted to understand the brain. I wanted to be a brain surgeon, uh-huh. and I didn't know that 
later when I, I, I watched brain surgery in high uh-huh. school and I was like, okay, I'm not into blood. I can't handle this. Um, so I was like, I don't want to be a brain surgeon, but I want to understand the brain and I want to understand human behavior. So I figured out what psychology was and then that became my path and particularly family therapy, because I believe that I think you would share this this belief that healing happens in community, whether that's our family or with a therapist or with whoever is in that grouping. Mm-hmm. There's power in the the healing within a group. So I really came to specialize and study family therapy because mm-hmm. I believe that whatever the system is, and we were at the base camp system, whatever <laughs> that system is, when you work with the whole system, it's like working with the whole bike versus just fixing one tire or helping yeah. one tire get themselves fixed. If you work with the whole bike, you're in a different place on the road, you know? So yeah. um, so that's kind of my my fast story. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, a lot more. It's, um, you know, that's a, uh, it's a long trip, um, um, you know, by, by bike, especially from, uh, uh, you know, from nine to being grown up, I suppose, right? That's the only way we travel back then. Uh, but yeah. you, so you were, you were. Uh, there's, there's some connections that are that are just coming to me as we go here. You know, and and yeah. um, uh, I always say Brave Hearts Radio is is more about a con- conversation than an interview. Yes. Um, and uh, you know, brain surgery. Uh, your dad at Texas Instruments. So um, uh, that that sounds like there's some sort of almost even a NASA connection there. Um, um, no, he was the consummate salesman. So okay. my dad was fascinating. He speaks seven languages wow. um, conversationally. Mm-hmm. He loves culture. And he was a salesman that traveled with maps and okay. no cell phones. And he traveled the world and, yeah. um, you know, was a salesman. So I learned that too. I learned a love of culture. Yeah. I'm not as proficient in languages at all. Um, yeah. That's not my gift. But I learned a lot from him about embracing all people of all culture and understanding uh-huh. gifts. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the Texas Instruments kind of rang a bell because uh, I know that there was uh, there was a connection between uh, NASA and Texas Instruments and computers being developed over the years. Okay. Um, with the uh, Brave Hearts for Kids organization, our, our charity was started by a uh, family from Houston. Okay. And uh, Jeremy is uh, the the dad of uh, the, the little girl who inspired the charity is uh, one of the people that runs NASA. Wow. And so I, I tell people, you know, and, the, and their daughter was cured with a th- three-dimensional proton radiation technology that was developed at Fermi Labs. So I, I tell people, I get to work with brain surgeons and rocket scientists and nuclear physicists and, and Shez and Amy, you know, it's, it, this is, this is a, uh, this is high level stuff for me to, you know, to, uh, to connect with it. I'm always, um, very appreciative of that. So that's a you know that's that's um, we we all have uh, uh, an interesting path, and I love the bike analogy because um, that's something that that I think a lot of us can relate to, and and uh, and especially uh, you know coming uh, you know coming from our, our childhood up, right? So, right. Uh, Amy, how did how did you uh, uh, become who you are? Right. So. You know, that is such an interesting question. And when you really think about it, the tendency is certainly to go back to childhood and to think, how did this all start? And I think it's interesting to watch your life come full circle. And I think that happens 
a lot of the time where our passions are really revealed from the time we're very young. In my, my passions as a child was definitely writing. And I would keep our fam- my parents had all of the children keep journals. And we sat down and wrote in our journals once a week as a family. It was a beautiful practice, wow. but I could never document real life. I always had to tell a story. And so my journals, my childhood journals are just filled with stories. And I feel more than anybody else in my family, but I wasn't technically completing the assignment, you know, of documenting my life. And so all these years later, I found my way back to a graduate program in writing. And, and what I write is, is fiction, um, not surprisingly, with yeah. all of that, you know, all of the made up stories in my journals as a child. But what's really important too is the in-between. Yeah. So between that childhood love for, for story and my current passion for writing fiction, um, comes this huge passion for service and um, outreach. And there is just something in me that cares deeply about basically everyone on the planet. And that's just inherent. That's just how I'm wired. I just care so deeply. And so I can throw myself behind any cause and really feel it on a very deep level. I just feel connected to humanity in this um, very uh, inherent way. Again, it's just kind of my nature. So I grew up wanting to help and I wanted to be some kind of therapist or counselor because it just seemed like a channel for helping. And so in college, that's actually the direction I I started on the same path as Shez. I wanted to become a marriage and family therapist because, uh, you know, my own parents' marriage did fall apart right around the time I was in college. And that really impacted wanting to save marriages. And, uh, but there also was something in me that was concerned that by the time you get to marriage and family therapy, so much of the time, the damage has been done mm-hmm. and sometimes irreparable damage has been done. And so I leaned more toward wanting to fix or educate, I guess, couples before they even got married. So rather than fix a broken marriage, I just wanted to educate and help it be a strong marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I majored in something called family science. It's kind of an obscure term, um, but that really is pretty descriptive. I studied in a scientific way families, relationships, the dynamics um, of human nature within family systems. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I just went on to really focus on family by nature of raising my own and having a bunch of kids. I grew up in a big family and I knew I wanted a big family myself. And I, uh, you know, I have been able to be over the years a teacher and a presenter and a writer And I've done a lot of different things through creative expression and through education, but man, I have been buried in raising five children. And that has been a big part of the last 20 years. Um, But I did take time for myself once that last kid was in school. Um, That's when I was like, okay, it's my time again. And that's when I went back to school to pursue the graduate degree. And I focused on writing and what comes out of me when I write is always based 
back in that love for family and that love for human connection. And I tend to write stories that really dig deep and mine and explore really hard things, especially within the dynamic of relationships and family. And that is how I ultimately became connected to Sheds. It was through um, a book club that I was invited to join that she was spearheading. And it was not just your typical book club. It was a book club that was going to read books based on soul, soul stuff, right? Just really um, the good books that feed your soul and lift you and educate you on a different level than just cerebral. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was all in for that. And so I think Shaz and I have connected in our similar passion just for connection and people and humanity and service and even counseling. Cause here I am, uh, you know, I never went on to get the credentials, but I think of myself as a counselor without credentials because I've been counseling people my whole life through these other means of connection. That's, I mean, that, that, and that, that, uh, that's very interesting to counselor without credentials because, um, you know, I, I, everyone seems to be familiar with Myers-Briggs. And, I, you know, when I take a personality test, I'm just happy to test positive. But uh, in the Myers-Briggs well, pantheon, I'm uh, what they call an INFJ. And I think the name for that is counselor. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, you, you can be a counselor just by, by you know, by, um, by, by labeling in, in, in that sense. Um, hey, we're, uh, we're up to our first break, and uh, it was great to find out uh, so far uh, how you got to be who you are, and uh, got uh, a lot more to talk about when we come back with Amy Mon and Shez Libby on uh, Brave Hearts Radio. Stick with us. We'll be back on the other side of 60 Seconds. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. 
And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the Mission Specialist. Connect with me on LinkedIn. A lot of the people that have been on the show and uh, a lot of fans of the show are uh, connections on LinkedIn. Uh, when I say I don't f- uh, fly the rockets, I just help make sure the trip gets accomplished. When you go to my LinkedIn profile, you'll see the, uh, the my picture, and then behind it is the banner that has a picture of the uh, parade in 1969 after the uh, Apollo missions uh, came back from the moon. And, uh, you know, the astronauts uh, were, the, were featured in the parade, uh, but there were a lot of people that uh, I suppose were a, a mission specialist of some kind that helped make it happen. And uh, some of us are just uh, kind of happy to be in the background or, or be an, an MC or things like that. Uh, have as my guest today, Amy Mon and uh, Dr. Shez Leiby. Uh, Shez, um, uh, I wanted to get into the, um, the we, we talked a little bit about, and I think uh, Amy in particular mentioned in, in uh, family science and getting into art and science. Um, it seems like uh, my, my perception is that art and science are often considered to be things that are that are that are different, maybe diametrically opposed. And one of the things that's always exciting to me is to um, is, is to know something that's that that I think is is intuitive to me, and and say there's a there's a knowing that's beyond believing. Uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's I know this, and I'm always excited when I meet someone who is a scientist and says, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to take that, we're going to study it, we're going to prove that. And this is what I understand to be part of the, 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 uh, the real core of the work that you're doing with the, with the folks at base camp uh, is, to, is to take this, uh, this, this art ther- therapy and, and show how it works and show how it works over time. Uh, is, is that, uh, did, I, did I catch that about right? Absolutely. Yes. So um, I think your viewers probably have heard what we did that 10 days, but I'll kind of recap it quickly just to say what the program was. Um, The work that I do with the Goodness Tour, I um, help them with their clinical program. um, And we are so aligned because, and it is so strange, Amy, how things come full circle. It just amazes me sometimes. My second job ever um, was I was an activities therapist in the Koala Substance Abuse Treatment Center. It was named Koala because koala means no drink um, in Nashville, Tennessee. And they hired me as the activities director and or coordinator, one of those words. I didn't know what that meant, but it basically was I drove the bus to AA and NA meetings and I helped with family programs. This was before I was the family therapist, before I knew anything about art therapy, before I knew anything about NA, AA, whatever. So I sat in those meetings as a very young counselor in training and, of course, drove the bus and got to know these amazingly deep, um, committed individuals, which is exactly what we had at base camp. So it is funny that life comes full circle. Um, but what I learned in that job and I continued is that the, the medium of play, which I know you're, you, you have that essence, whether I, that's true or not, I feel that about you, that you can come alive through the arts, through play, through those things. And the power of play therapy, art therapy, music therapy was kind of the medium always that I found worked the best with people. Because when you sit one-on-one, especially with somebody that I looked really young when I was first 
you know, a counselor in my 20s because I started this process really young. Um, Being a therapist and working with marriages and I wasn't married yet, it's like, how am I going to, you know, get this credibility, even though I had the training and credentialing. But if I had a medium, if I had a way that I could say, you don't have to just tell me your problems, let's kind of map it out and show me. So I started really diving into art therapy, Jungian play therapy, um, all different kinds of therapy, not necessarily music therapy, but I'm a huge fan. And there actually is research out there on all those modalities because several of them have, you know, Jungian play therapy has been around for a long time. Um, So there is research, but I'm using it in a new way not just as the modality with children, which is how Jungian play therapy started, but using it in marital therapy, using it in family therapy, using it with adults. And that's what we did at base camp. We gave them permission to freely explore and play and find their creative expression so that they're not stuck in the symptomology of depression, anxiety, you know, whatever else their dual diagnosis could be, that they're not stuck in that symptomology, that they're moving beyond it to feel the freedom to say, hey, here's where my heart is. Here's what I can freely express. And the power of that is researchable. And that's what my goal in this initiative was. Let's find a way to document how this works. It was a pilot program, but let's find a way to see how this works. So we did. Yeah. What would you like to ask? Well, you're 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 on your way. You're 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 documenting what you did. You you had yes. a, a survey at the beginning, you had a survey at the end, and you've got some time lapse um, uh, science that's taking place over the next uh, three months, six months, and so forth, right? Yes. So I'll tell you about that because to me it's been fascinating and I've been really diving into this data for the past, um, ever since Thanksgiving and my kids went home. So, you know, since Sunday, I've been really diving into this research. What we did, we used the Beck Depression Inventory, which is an inventory that has very high reliability and validity, which is why I chose it. We used the Beck Depression Inventory as a pretest before we did anything, and then as a post-test for people that completed the program, even if they only completed one day. Mm-hmm. We did track how many days out of the 10 they attended. What naturally happened, which is fascinating for a researcher, is there became a control group. There was a group of people that, for whatever reason, they came too late in the process, or they couldn't work out the schedule, or maybe they chose not to participate. But there were 15 people... Um, that act as our control group that did not participate in treatment, but they did the pretest. Mm-hmm. So, yay, we didn't have to deny them treatment yeah. or do it later. Naturally happened. Um, so I have not only a pre and post test, but I also have a control group. What I found out of all of that is that depression is really pretty high in this population. So it was a good thing to measure. I figured that because deaths of despair, you know, suicide and overdose, um, depression goes hand in hand with those. And those are at record numbers now. And and guilt and shame are at the bottom of the uh, depression scale for emotional intelligence, the way I've understood it. A hundred percent. And I want to share that because there was one particular scale on this inventory that was all about guilt and shame. The words were that they could check if it applied, I am utterly worthless. So 
I'm going to say that again, I am utterly worthless. And 17% of the pretest people and 20% of the control group checked that. They said, I am utterly worthless. At the end of the 10 days, that that study group, zero, said, I am utterly worthless. That's, and that, to uh, me, gets to the narrative of shame. And I was, I was absolutely thrilled that we are, through the power of creative expression, making a difference in the shame narrative. That that's Brene Brown's research. Yeah. That's really, really important stuff. Um, and important to addiction recovery um, because there's a lot of guilt and shame and relapse and a lot of guilt and shame and everything that goes with that, uh, mm. those issues. So I, I, I think of them as the twin anchors that drive, that drag people under. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. You know, and uh, guilt and yeah. shame are huge and feeling worthless. I mean, yeah. so um, what we did find, it's still preliminary, but I, I, I uh, can definitely report that 93% of the study group showed drastic improvement in depression markers. They went from severely or moderately depressed, which mm-hmm. means they can be diagnosed depressed, to down to 93% were no longer depressed. Yeah. Which is like, what? Um, so we're going to do a month-long uh, follow-up, of course, at at the month mark from graduation and let's see how that was maintained. Um, We have a follow-up group with our participants. We call them heroes, as you know, Uh we have a follow-up call today with them and we'll get some, you know, kind of more quantitative, qualitative data and be able to connect with them and follow up. But there will be a quantitative piece at a month out as well. That's, you know, I, I love science. Yes. I mean, I, 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 I get it. I'm, I'm, I tend to be intuitive, and I, and I, I love that part of it, too. Um, you know, when you mentioned, you, you said something about, um, that, you know, that, that I come across as playful, and uh, yeah. that's my role in a lot of Zoom calls and a lot of the communities I'm in. I'm, 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 I'm here to help people have fun, and I find that the, the tipping point that I, that I see between an emotional intelligence or an emo- uh, that spirals down to the twin anchors of, di- of, uh, of despair, you know, the uh, um, uh, g- guilt and, and shame uh, versus spiraling up to... Um, um, to, to joy and 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 happiness and empowerment, um, uh, to me the tipping point is optimism, and 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 play and humor are such a big part of that. The, the last show I did in uh, November was with uh, Benjamin Warzinski, and I connected with him on a um, uh, a, um, a human resources group. He does uh, a, he's a certified Lego play uh, instructor, and I thought. I didn't know there was such a thing, and uh, uh, so we, we had a great uh, we had a great uh, conversation on uh, November 29th, and um, uh, I've joined his bricks and brands community, uh, which I, I you know got to got to put a little plug for that in there too because when I when I work with people now as a uh, uh, you know to help them find their purpose, um, one of the things I've always asked is what is it that you um, that you uh, that people would find that you do gracefully and effortlessly, and then I, I always thought and fearlessly, and then I I've added to that now what are you, what are you, the first day we when we work together we thought, what is it that people find that you or that you find that you do playfully. 
because when you're when you're fearless and effortless and playful time does not exist and when we're in that in that presence in that moment um i think depression cannot exist you're um, so right that's, that's creativity just, creativity play and depression or stress are, do not equal each other they can't come together yeah and they're also the antidote the antidote to stress and anxiety and depression is play and creativity. And we saw that this week. I mean, I keep saying this week like it was a week ago. It was two weeks ago. But um, we saw that. And I have to say this, Brian, and Amy and I, uh, you know, talked about this. So when we first heard that we were doing this initiative, it was planned for 10 days. And I thought, I've never been anywhere away from work, family, my dog, my husband, you know, my, <laughs> my kids. For 10 days. How is that possible? Um, and that was the right amount of time because we needed it to be an intensive program. Mm-hmm. But like you said, time flew by. At yeah. first, there was a little bit of angst in my stomach, like, man, this is going to go on for a long time. But being there because it was so lighthearted and brave-hearted, um, it, it flew by. And it was a joy journey with a lot of depth. It wasn't just play where there wasn't the true trauma treatment work. It was targeted trauma treatment, Mm -hmm. which is why we were able to shift narratives, which is why we were able to shift symptomology Um, and even behavioral symptomology, sleep patterns, all those kind of things. Um, So anyway, I say that because there is such power. And with the goodness tour guys, which Benjamin and Luke, two of them were there, there are actually four, but um, Benjamin and Luke know through their work that when there is severe adversity, like a hurricane or a war or whatever, if you can suspend yourself for a minute through the yeah. power of art, music, play, you know, any of those creative expressions, then you do suspend that trauma mindset. Yeah. And our goal is to make it long term, which is where Amy and I added in what we call um, artichoke alchemy. Um, <laughs> we added in that that aspect to bring this to a conscious therapeutic level yeah. of let's yeah. go deep, deep, deep here. Not that the guys don't, but let's let's make it a detailed program that goes that deep. And the and, artichoke alchemy yeah. for uh, for the Bravehearts uh, uh, listeners and our our listeners we call them Bravehearts and our guests on the show are Bravehearts. That's something I describe as someone with the courage and purpose to be of service to others. So, uh, for for the Bravehearts listening, artichoke alchemy, as I understand it, is is that uh, instead of peeling the onion, which is a common uh, thing that we uh, that we understand, we peel the artichoke, and at the heart of the artichoke is the heart of the artichoke. So. When you peel it, you peel it to the heart. Yeah, absolutely. One day that that came to me many, many years ago, and the book that Amy and I are writing is called Artichoke Alchemy, A Guide to the Heart, out in 2022. Um, very exciting. But um, we have a movement. It's, it's not just the book. It is a process. It's a therapeutic process that I've been doing for a long time. But Amy is helping me formalize that where we can have alchemists that we train. We can have um, forums where we connect different groups of people doing this exact kind of work. Yeah. And it's research-based. It's not just something that I'm I'm creating. It's 35 years of experience and research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I want to say this one last thing, and then I want yeah. Amy to talk. 
when you talked about the bike, this is what's really cool um, about alchemy. And my husband always says, make sure people understand alchemy because he's not sure he understands it. But um, alchemy is turning raw material into gold, right? So yeah. like lead into gold. Yeah. Um, and Paulo Coelho, um, who, is, who wrote The Alchemist, one of his quotes that I love, and it relates to the bike, he said that when we, I want to make sure I say it right, um, when we become better than we are, everything around us becomes better also. Hmm. So just like the bicycle, not only something that feels broken if we're working with all parts, but when we improve one part, we add a a better tire, the whole bike becomes better. So we also witness that. Oh, I love that. I I call it the the abundance wheel. It's my idea. Doing good anywhere does good everywhere. So it's like, yes. you know what? I bet, I bet Chez has science to back that up. This is cool. We're really going somewhere. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, 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 I want to transition to, to Amy with a quick story Please. about uh, there's there's um, one of the kids that, uh, that we served, one of the families that we served at the Bravehearts for Kids organization uh, through something called Spotlight Hope. That's a mobile app that uh, families can can find on their, for their smartphone that connects them with services that are close by to them. It's location sensitive so that can find art therapy, for example, nearby where they are. And uh, there's a, a, a child named Jamie and her, her mother uh, said, um, you know, that she was spending so much time with Jamie that um, uh, the, the siblings, no, no, wow, how do we get cancer? Uh and uh, yeah. so they, they were able to use Spotlight Hope to find art therapy uh, nearby where they were so they could express their emotions through art. And, and that had the immediate effect on, the, on just their whole family was well. Uh, more well than than they were because when a child gets sick with cancer, the whole family is sick. Absolutely. And so, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Great example of that was this this story with the, with the art therapy and something I've I've uh, it, it's a it's it's one of the great stories of the Bravehearts for Kids that we that we tell. And it, it you know it it just occurred to me uh, we we could create a Spotlight Hope app like this for location sensitive. Um, uh, services for all of the people that are doing good to help people struggling with addiction. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think that, I think, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's creating things on the fly as we are right now, but uh, I'm, I'm really glad I didn't go to that second break because we kept rolling right through it. I'm going let to the, let, let the engineers know we're skipping the second break because the conversation has been so good today. Um, uh, <laughs> I love um, it. And, uh, uh, the transition, Amy, uh, put you on the spot. Uh, uh, your turn now. I mean, do you have a specific question or do you want me to just talk? Just go. Okay, I will just go for it. I first want to say that, Brian, you have some amazing sound bites. Okay. Uh, from that first time we went to dinner as a group, you were just kind of dropping these amazing um, pieces, nuggets of wisdom. And that doing good anywhere does good everywhere. I mean, that's so good and so true. Yeah. And it's been so interesting to me. Shez and I met less than a year ago. Wow. Less than a year ago. And, and our interaction has really snowballed 
from the idea of of Shez doing um, something good in a small group of 10 to 12 women, mm-hmm. right, that I was involved in. And that's not the book club either, because the book club led to another group that I did where Shez was leading a, um, a heart healing kind of women's group. And um, so already that small thing of doing good through her book club, and then it led to this workshop that more of us joined in. Um, And I would probably not have signed up for it if I understood what it really was, because Shez was doing some therapy. (laughs) And I didn't think I needed therapy, right? I just wanted connection. This was during COVID. And this was an opportunity to actually meet somewhere in person. We were going to mask up and we were going to socially distance, but darn it, we were going to be together with humans. And it was so refreshing. And so I joined this this group and it ended up being like a heart healing workshop. And honestly, I didn't even know what I was signing up for. I was just, a friend encouraged me. And um, so that's when I was really exposed to Shez's modalities and her playful nature and the way that she gets to this heart healing through genuine like scientifically proven therapeutic measures but in such a way that she involves this play and this creative expression I found her to be completely endearing because of her ability to be playful and to have us create Uh, one of our very early assignments was to create a, any kind of piece of art. It could be music. It could be, a, you know, a drawing, a painting. We could write a song. Um, we could write a poem. But we had to do something to express our essence and the core of who we were. And I went home with an assignment to do some kind of art. And it was so fun to be able to sit down and get, I chose a piece of art so I sit down at the kitchen table. I spread out all of our paint. I've got a canvas in front of me. My kids are coming in and out of the room. My husband talking to me, people needing this, that, and the other. And I kept saying, I'm on assignment. I have homework. I have to do art. I have to this was like business, right? And I felt it was so fun to be able to carve time out for that creative expression that we so rarely, especially as, you know, work with jobs, careers, raising families, all of that. It's very hard to justify the time to sit down and work on something like art or music or things that are so healthy. They are so good for us, but we don't take the time unless we feel like we have permission. You know, and, um, um, I, I, I just, it's, a, it's a great segue to me because um, uh, I, I, Shez, we, we made a we made a pact at dinner the night that we left that we're gonna we're gonna help each other to be accountable for our books. Uh, yeah. My book is called Permission to Have a Great Life, and and on the back cover uh, I've got a favorite quote that uh, I'm going to share it again because uh, Amy, you brought it up, and it's uh, it's from Howard Thurman, and he said. Um, all of us spend our entire lives waiting and listening for the voice of the genuine within us. It is the only true guide you will ever have. And if you cannot hear it, you will spend your life, all your days at the ends of strings that someone else pulls. 
and I shared this with uh, with Rob and Benjamin um, in the uh, in the call I had for last week's show, and um, the strings that someone else or something else pulls, because I think that's uh, that's an appropriate part of uh, what uh, what you're specifically dealing with here is Absolutely. the uh, yeah. uh, the thing that. Uh, uh, that is uh, it, that that has taken over control of, of us, and um, so and we all have that, and that's what's so beautiful about that quote too is the universal nature of that statement because we didn't want to go in base camp as like leaders and or teachers and students and know it alls and whatever and we didn't want it to be a hierarchical thing we wanted to say hey we're all in this together let's play learn and grow and experience together and figure something out by the end of 10 days hopefully and we all did but it was really important to me and the team that we all went in um knowing that this is about all of us and this is all of us experiencing that together so that we don't um I'm not a healer anymore. I was trained to sit behind a desk. I was trained to diagnose. I was trained to do many different things. I no longer do that. I don't even have a desk in my office. Mm -hmm. I have chairs, you know, um, so it's a, and actually we sit on the floor for the heart healers group and I sit there and I share my own stuff because it's really important that we realize we are all in this boat together. We are all on that bike and we can all make a difference in our own lives that then helps drive everything forward. For the world we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to um, come back uh, for final words and um, contact information all that kind of good stuff stick with us on bravehearts radio with uh, dr shez levy and amy one we will be back on the other side of 60 seconds Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. 
Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, because I am the mission specialist. And um, I, I am the mission specialist because I don't fly the rockets. I'm just uh, so excited today. I can't even keep track of who I am. You know, uh, Coming into this uh, third segment, I, I normally have something nice to say about the National Day Calendar, nationaldaycalendar.com. Uh, you know, celebrate every day. Uh, National Day Calendar is one of the great sponsors of the Brave Hearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity. Uh, and April 28th every year is National Brave Hearts Day. Uh, just confirmed with uh, Marlo that uh, I'm going to be emceeing the Celebration Nation event in Las Vegas, uh, August 31st this year, uh, next year. So uh, we are planning on 2,000 people getting together for a live event. Uh, to celebrate every day at Celebration Nation. So really uh, put that on your calendar, uh, plan to join us, and, um, and don't forget to celebrate every day. Or actually, you know, remember to celebrate every day. Put that uh, train of thought in your head. So back again with uh, Amy Mon and uh, Dr. Shez Libby. Um, we met at the, uh, uh, the base camp in uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, it's a couple of weeks ago now, and haven't had so much fun there. Amy, we uh, we got to hang uh, on uh, on uh, on Wednesday, the last day. We got to hang in the afternoon, uh, and uh, that was that was a highlight of the trip for me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let you talk about that because the um, uh, what we were doing was based on a lot of the work that you did. And uh, if you'd like to describe that, it, uh, I, I think yeah. That so we story. hung together because we were literally hanging together. Mm-hmm. We were hanging all of the artwork uh, that the participants, the heroes at base camp, had drawn during the week and painted. And mm-hmm. um, it, there was Ben's beautiful mural that is oh, kind yeah. of the center of all of it but that we were able to hang the artwork along the hallway so that, you know, I don't know how long they'll keep it up. I hope a long time, Um, but so that they could enjoy each other's work as they come in and out of the center. And it was just a beautiful thing to see all of that creative expression now on display. And um, I thought it was fascinating throughout the week. I loved being, it was an honor, obviously, to be a part of it and to team up with this whole goodness tour and the Reed Foundation and 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 Rob, you know, for even opening up base camp to us. Everybody was just amazing to bring this all together. Um, but we we originally went into it with a different format in mind where we were going to split groups into one section doing art, one section doing music, and one section in the alchemy lab where Shez would be working her therapeutic magic. And how it ended up, those the participants didn't want to separate. They wanted to stay together and hang together, right, like we yeah. did. Yeah. So what was beautiful about that is that I got to be privy to – all of these things in action, the music therapy, the art therapy, the therapy therapy. And um, it all works together, especially because everybody kind of has a different entry point. 
with which creative expression speaks to them. There's also writing. Writing is a, an important part of creative expression. And so some came at it through their journaling and through their poetry, through their lyric writing to the songs. Um, and some opened up because of a crafty little project that we did. Chess has a lot of hands-on um, craft type of activities that are very visual. And um, it's amazing how putting something outside of yourself, being able, there's an activity we did where you put your, you, you put your emotions into sort of an art form. And by doing that, people could talk about their emotions in a way that they maybe don't normally talk about their emotions because it kind of puts it outside of you rather than inside of you. So all these different entry points through the different forms of creative expression I feel like that's one reason the program at Basecamp was so successful is because there were multiple opportunities for different forms of creative expression. And that ended up making an impact, I think, on the most number of people because some of them may be closed off to a certain type of activity or they might be saying, well, I can't do music. I'm not a singer. And so maybe for them being able, and Ben was really good with the artwork about not letting us think about it too much. He wanted us to paint a lot with our feelings. And um, that really helps everybody be an artist because they aren't worried about whether their art looks like a a particular object or whether it looks right or correct. Nobody can dispute your feelings on a canvas, right? Those are your feelings. You own that art. You know, and, and it's when I when I talked with uh, Benjamin and Rob last week, we uh, one of the things we talked about was the idea that talk therapy doesn't necessarily work for everyone. And, and it, it it occurred to me that well, you know, there's all these different types of intelligences. You've got verbal, linguistic, logical, mathematical. You've got spatial and interpersonal, interpersonal. All these different intelligences. One of them is verbal linguistic maybe that maybe people that have that as their primary intelligence are better with talk therapy maybe people that have spatial intelligence are better with art therapy but musical intelligence better with music therapy it could be that this is this is something and absolutely it it could be that there's already a lot of science to that is is that about is that right Shaz? um actually this is what's interesting that you bring this up because my dissertation for my phd was on um do do practitioners use the therapy that is recommended for their particular patient or do they use what they're trained in? And guess what I found? Our bias is what we're trained in. I I bet you found that if you're a carpenter, every tool's a hammer. Every tool's a hammer. (laughs) Absolutely. Now this was many years ago. So, so things have changed and the toolbox is expanding widely. We're now, you know, in, in my field, there wasn't really talk of energy therapy and somatics and all this other stuff. And now that has, you know, and I'm talking 25, 30 years ago, but now right. that has expanded. So the toolboxes are, are expanding big time. But yes, what I found through my little mini, you know, it wasn't that many, but my dissertation research was that we do what our bias is. Yeah. So you're absolutely right that if we look at it instead from a client perspective of what, let's expose them to everything that we have the ability to, and I can't do it all. So we bring in a team and let's see what works for different people. Maybe that's going to help with this, you know, epidemic of depression, anxiety, and, you know, just like medication, medication has such value, but not every medication works for every person. And I feel like talk therapy I've obviously seen that it does work for some people. Mm -hmm. There are people that really need kind of 
the, the narrative and need the science and need that. And then, yeah, let's switch them to, to another avenue, too, so they can experience something different. But um, I do believe that um, it takes all things for all kinds. And, you know, I, I like I, I want I, someday I want to open a soul gym. That's what I has as a current name, but it could change. Amy and I want to do this. So in the soul gym, you have opportunities for any kind of healing modality, any kind of art, music, everything where it's all for the soul and for healing and for the heart. And so then you can say, hey, that really jived with me. And I haven't done that since I was 10, but I'm going to go do that. Dance therapy, you know, movement, whatever. Um, So I think that's going to happen. The field is is expanding and I I am thrilled to be in this day and age that I can be part of this. I mean, I am thrilled to know people like you, the goodness tour, Amy, you know, the, the circle that I'm in right now is thinking this exact way. You know, there's. There's, there's, there's something I, I say, I've, I've gotten in some trouble for this, but I, because I say we live in the best time in the history of the world, the best place in the history of the world. It's good. No, it's not just good. It's great. And it's getting better. And it's getting better fast. It's exciting to be here to be part of it. But you know what? It's exhilarating to be part of making it happen. Yes. But some people don't experience it this way. They don't see it this way. They can't feel it this way. So, I see my role as as being the optimist that uh, is uh, at the tipping point between uh, um, optimism and pessimism, yes. and uh, uh, and it, so I, that's why I say when, what what you just described is this idea that it's exciting, it's exhilarating to be part of making this happen and finding people that are that are also uh, moving in the same direction. And yes. with this flow. Um, and we're all capable of being change agents in our own world, in our own way. And yeah. when I say world, you know, whatever our, our world of influence is, but we can all be change agents. And so that is exciting. And that's creativity, you know, and that when I'm in that moment, time stands still, you feel that I'm sure I know Amy does that we are, you know, when we're creative, it it's, it's in a different space and we're yeah connected to creator whatever you call that Mm -hmm. um the creative and creator are totally connected to the heart so yeah yeah, Yeah. big big stuff i'm i'm energized by that and yes it's hard times i'm not sally you know that's in a in a hole here not realizing that this is really tough times i have a brother that committed suicide i have another one that died in june of 2020 so i understand despair and and depression and grief but i'm also wanting to be a change agent like you so i'm i'm behind you brian brave marching on marching on amy final words well, just that we, we can't get away from the sadness and the heaviness and the burdens and the challenges and the illness and the grief and the loss and all of that. There's so much adversity in this world. Um, and so what we can do, you know, we can only control the part we can control. And that is making sure that we do bring the joyful elements in to counterbalance all of that heaviness, sadness, hardness. Um, and pain. And that is what I see happening with the work Shez does. That is one reason I was able to so quickly and eagerly come on board with the the work of Artichoke Alchemy and then um, meeting the goodness tour and seeing what they're doing takes it to another level of connectivity you came onto the scene and you've got this whole, you know, work that you do, which um, is all fitting into this same theme of let's do what we can to bring joy and hope 
and um, playfulness and happiness into this hurting world. Yep, we're all part of a puzzle. And this one happens to be a puzzle. It's a picture of a butterfly. And the thing about a butterfly is butterflies uh, transmute from caterpillars. Transmutation is different than transformation in that there is no going back when you transmute. And um, we're going to have to kind of leave it on that. Uh, kind of That's at a the, good at the one. end of the line here with the Bravehearts uh, radio show today, I want to give a, a hearty shout out to the Reed Foundation. And uh, to uh, Base Camp Recovery Center, uh, Dr. Dr. Rob Gressel there, um, Rex at the Reed Foundation, um, uh, expecting to uh, uh, have uh, Rex and uh, Luke and then Sherrod Schreiber also join us uh, on the show next week. And uh, looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, this this is a month of um, goodness tour. And uh, I'm absolutely delighted to be involved with the Goodness Tour, goodnesstour.org. And uh, we'll uh, continue to um, do good uh, anywhere because it does good everywhere. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time.